0: everybody this is the georgia songbird and we are going to welcome back mr caruso uh back as a guest he came on and I, I tell everybody when you come on the show you're more than welcome to come back more than one time there's no rule i have no limits i don't care you're more than welcome the last time he came on uh he was he came on during an actual hurricane this time it's cloudy here but we we ain't in that kind of weather so uh yeah so hello caruso introduce yourself hey
1: man hey jesse how you doing it's not too bad here it's uh it's, it's hot, man.
2: God, yes.
1: it's smoldering here.
2: You're in Florida, anyway. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. below uh, Tampa. I'm I'm in a place called Bradenton, Florida, and, um, and uh, you're not the man. new billionaire,
0: are you? Huh? You're not the new billionaire, right? The, in Florida, somebody just won a billion dollar. Yeah, million. that
1: was in uh, that was in <laughs> Neptune, I think, over on the other side of the state. But no, I've, hey, I wish I was, but I'm not but you know what i'm wealthy in other ways so you know i have a i have a great life i i get to i get to do what i love to do every day which is i'm a songwriter and i'm an artist and uh i've got lots of great things that have happened since the last time i've seen you i think last time i i talked to you was during a category five hurricane Mm -hmm. it was hitting actually was making landfall an hour away from me the good thing was i was on the the good side of it when the wind when it whips around I wasn't on but man it it devastated Fort Myers. It it, it took it took out like the whole beach. Uh oh, some of the most beautiful beaches in the in the in the country. And that but uh since then I had just embarked on a solo career from 308 Ghost Train. and uh I think I had just released Dreams. I was getting ready to release Dreams the first song. Well since then whole album has come out and uh we've been uh we've been racking up awards all year long um we won the video of the year at the rampage awards uh we won the w the world songwriting awards for the best collaboration you're my blues um we've won the one earth awards uh we've won the noteworthy awards for best adult contemporary song and then we took a nice home this, this this last saturday uh, the second ISA for the 308 Ghost Train Paper Ships, which was uh was the last release I had done. So what a fitting way to to end that beautiful career was with another crystal for the 308 Ghost Train. But Paper Ships took it home and uh, single of the year. And in the interim, I signed a Contemporary Christian deal. Uh, now I'm now I'm going into the secular world. My next my next movement is into the secular world and uh, i'm releasing a an album called uh musical windwalker and it's got a series and collection of songs that are in the contemporary christian realm so grace records of nashville is my new home i picked up a big manager jimmy adams who uh wanted to manage me this last june so lots of crazy crazy growth all over the place you know and um Wow, I mean, it's just been it's just been one miracle and one blessing after another, bro.
0: Yeah, we were talking about off air and uh, you talked about like your 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 dreams and how you want to move forward and not sit still. And I thought that was such that's such good advice because everybody they have a dream. Everybody has a dream of whatever whatever they want to dream, it's theirs and their steps. And I've said this before in the podcast is I think that sometimes songwriters get so focused on the end and they put the end so far away that when they don't see it it bothers them i think you should make like little steps and that's milestones. that's cool.
1: milestones
0: yeah exactly milestones. my latest one was a live ep album i released. I, that was it didn't seem like a big deal but to me it's a it's a step mark that i always wanted to do
1: yeah yeah it's been every time i put a project to bed jess i I I feel like I've, I've moved one step clo- closer, but at the same time, I keep myself one step away because I don't ever want to get to the destination. It's the journey for me, the process. Mm-hmm. It's all about this journey. I want this journey to keep moving because if you get to the destination and this is who you are, what the hell else is there for you to do? Right. So it's kind of like, you know, guys like Jagger and them and Stewart, man, they're just inspiring us to keep going because at 80 years old, they're still rocking the stage. So mm. we know now that people will pay to see you at 80 years old. So, man, I just added another 30 years, 35 <laughs> years to my career that now I felt like, oh, man, I'm going to have to retire. Or something. So no, 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 we ain't got to retire. Nah, no. Nah. So the world is changing, too. It's evolving mm. musically and And you know where age doesn't matter anymore, you can become a hell, I became a rock star later on in life. you know, I was actually in three o eight ghost train when we hit fifty million streams. I was in my forties you know i was I was older you know I was outside of what they would say you would get signed, but uh universal came along, they didn't mind you know what I'm saying first for first and then and then uh Sony went to bat with me and wanted to do something, and then I landed with Warner Brothers last year to distribute me, and th- then that led to Grace Records and the whole thing that's going on now. So, man, it's been a it's been magical.
0: Yeah, see, I I went to recent. I've said this before, but I recently went to a concert. I don't go to many like big concerts. I haven't been probably the last one I went to is maybe 20, 30 years ago was Charlie Daniels That's at Lanierland. That's the last time I went. Well, my wife got free tickets to go see uh, Robert Plant and Allison Krause in Alabama. They put on a hell of a show. So you're you're right. Age is just a number. I get that. Yeah. I know the suits and stuff. They want younger. That's fine. But you still can make a, a killing and a living doing this, If no matter what age, as long as you have that passion. And like you said, that step that you're looking for. Keep, you got to have some reason to keep going.
1: Yeah, they uh, they changed the paradigm now. It went from um, you know, cutesy looking people with hardly any talent and having to get the older people to come in and write for them Mm -hmm. to the talent becomes the mainstay now. And it's not so much about the age or looks. If you have those, they you know, may be a little bump, but nobody really cares about that anymore. It's not about that. People want people are tired of being fooled. By fake singers and 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 artists that look good, but they you know they're wrapped up nice, with, they're dressed up and wrapped up nice, but they're not even really the talent. The right. talent's all behind them, the songwriters and the stuff like that. So people don't buy that crap anymore, man. They they want genuine. People want real. You know they don't want people don't want fluff. You know the, uh, the millie Vanilli days are over, dude. You know they just are.
0: See, and and they got such crap. I mean, I get it because they wasn't actually singing; they were lip syncing somebody else's voice. That's a little different. But every time I see these pop stars lip syncing, I'm like, how can they get away with something like that? Millie Vanilli yeah, They're still doing it, it. Right. because.
1: Yeah. Well, wait. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be candid with you. In a podcast like this, or where where you don't have that all that you know heavy equipment like they do in like you know, bigger television stations and things like that. But even on TV, they lip sync to tracks on TV when you go live on a show because Mm -hmm. they can't get the sound to come through your little speakers where you can hear the whole thing. But when you put the track through and they sing to it, you get to appreciate the real song. Now, um, that's the only case where I see that it's it's doable because – you can't deliver if you can deliver that's one thing but if you can't technically deliver why make it sound like craziness or like hell you know what i mean you have to Mm -hmm. you have to have some sense when it comes to that but other than that um you know the lip-syncing thing where it's not you singing that's that well that was a long time ago but they showed our age but 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 they're still doing that lip-syncing thing but i think it's because of what i just said they're doing that because That's the only way they can get it to come through the T V and you can enjoy it. Other ways that little speaker you have on your system is gonna fragment that sound and it's just gonna sound horrible. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's the case.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it too is because and you you know you play with band, you're on stage, they got the monitors and stuff, and if you want to hear yourself and you start turning it up and then and then you get all this crazy feedback and most times you go listen to a band live, you can't really hear the singer very much. So
1: that's why we that's why we're going with in-ears now. You know, that's the big thing now it has been for about a decade or so. The yeah. in-ear monitors is are are helping to. But the problem with that is, I feel like is I lose connection with my audience somehow. I feel like the in-ear monitors kind of are like a wall between me and the audience. I don't know why, but the, the open-air monitors, I can play off of the energy. But the in-ear monitors, it's like I... I don't know. it's just like there's something missing between me and the crowd.
0: It's like being in a that. booth when you're singing and you're hearing yourself because when you're yes, it's it's different. My son even tells me i have a I have a podcast voice, and I have my voice. I'm like, well, son, I can hear myself when I do the podcast, So I know inflections, I know where I'm supposed to talk, I know how to be loud I get. Uh, but when you're on a band and it's playing, if you can't really hear yourself, you're just matching the band, you know, and to yeah. the point where you got to be careful not to overdo it. And then, then you're just yelling and it's right. kind of messes you up. And with the in-ear, I think what it does is because now you can hear yourself. So you naturally pull back. Yeah. I think that's the discontent that you, you're feeling. Yeah.
1: You, you end up not emoting the way you do without them. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and a lot of my, especially three-way ghost train that music is emotive i mean if you ever listen to that and you sit down and try to soak it in you can hear me emote just about every line of a song because that's the style or the, the the passion of that presentation you know um the caruso stuff is a little more laid back easy listening you can kind of be a little more finesse with it so even though there is emotion in that too not as great as the other one so I mean, I might be able to live with the in-ear monitors for the easy listening stuff, but never for the three hundred eight ghost train. I'd never be able to do that. Just would be, it would be a horrible concert. I would, I'd hate it. I'd give myself my money back for something like that, you know. So, you know, it's just been. It, it, but it's, um, it, it's. I think we worry too much. I think we worry too much about perfection anymore. There's something to be said. About the beauty of imperfection in some things, Um, I'm not saying off-key and off-pitch. I'm just saying imperfections,
0: right? You know, voice crack here and there.
1: It doesn't all sound the same every time. It doesn't all sound bad, but it doesn't all sound the same. It does the inflections or the emotions or the the energy at a moment get you know uh, the attention the attention to you know uh, a certain thing because you're feeling it is lost when you try to you know be perfect in what you do i think you miss out on things that's just my my thought
0: uh so you we'll go listen to some of your music like we did before we'll do some of your new stuff but uh we were kind of talking about your your journey and the newer stuff so and, and that retrospect where do you see yourself in like five years where are you trying to what would you like to direct yourself toward
2: well
1: i'm 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 moving more into the um it more into the upper levels of, of the industry in the fact that I have some accomplishments I'd like to, you know, to grab onto, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still in search of the Grammy. I'm still in search of the Dove award. um, And I'm, I'm pretty much still in search of the platinum record, you know, which, you know, has eluded me because of the change in counting listens, versus records which i think is utterly ridiculous and because a kid in thailand doesn't rank as much as a kid in tucson arizona if he listens to the same song of the same quality through his ears they don't count that it doesn't count you don't get paid for that because whatever for whatever reason they try to tell you but you know to me um i should already have a platinum record for 50 million streams you know bleed over me got 12 million plays come on man really it's 12 million plays it, it, in, a, in a radio station terrestrial that would have been considered diamond okay but no, no no it's not it's not enough you got to have 1.5 billion now to have a million uh transferable riaa certified uh plays or or what they would say uh, equates to a sale so now, basically, you have to sell, you have to have 150 people listen to your song in order for the RIAA to say you sold one record. Now, I don't know what school you went to, brother. I'm sure you went to kind of the same one I did, but one equals one. 150 don't equal one. 150 equals 150. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I'm calling it like it is, brother. You know there's just a flaw in the system and what it's designed to do is that because technology moves so far advanced and that it we were the record companies lost control of access to the airwaves and to the people because it could no longer control it after napster and all that took off they decided to change the rules so that the everyday guy who maybe resonated and did something extraordinary could be kicked down and controlled like they've always done with other people, so they just put it out of our wreath. They dangled the carrot again. They moved it from a million to a billion. Now go ahead and figure that out. A million to a billion and a half in order for the RIAA to say you did a, had a platinum record. Now you, if you can explain that math to me, my friend, I, I'd be glad to hear it. But it, it it's not it, a, a platinum record is a million sales. Okay. When you reach a million sales, I don't care if it's a single, I don't, it's a platinum record. Well, I should have fifty of them. All right, I got none because they won't count them. Yep. because it doesn't meet the new equation. So <laughs> well, you, hey, let me let me hear your let me hear your take on that one because see. that's a that's something that's eluded me for the last three years that I should have already had.
0: Paola was what outlawed when in the oh, 70s, 60. Right? Yeah, it was. it was. But Spotify, the digital's new Paola. We we know. As an artist and a songwriter, we all know, as a listener, somebody may not think about it because they say, oh, the radio's dead. I tell you what. I, I promise you, you get your song on a radio, you're going to be more than happy to hear it because it's still set up different. It's still set up to pay the the songwriters and the artists. Nine cents,
1: 10 cents, man. Right. 10 cents a plate.
0: I think yeah. it, it's that's what it, that will never die. Well, you listen to it as much, probably not, because there's so many avenues with Spotify and streaming and and just whatever they have that people get lost into the the glamour of it, right? But it's not anybody else does. Not really glamorous. You're listening to your music. You're trying to do what a million other people are doing, and you'll have one guy maybe get a hundred thousand, million streams and it's a lot of it's playing a play and it's it's stuff that's not well, legitimate well, so, and real a,
1: a lot of it but a lot of it is access right. you got to remember that you know 30 years ago they controlled what you listened to mm-hmm. now it's on demand so somebody can build a playlist if they like your song man legitimately like your songs with which i have a lot of i, I think on spotify i've got about 1800 steady listeners a month 1800's not bad dude you know they're constantly listening to the songs. They've got them in their playlist safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Spotify does is they put you on a twenty-eight a twenty-eight day rotation. Okay, so so then after twenty-eight days, it all goes back to zero again. You know this is this is really crazy, man. <laughs> but there are legitimately songwriters out there and writers and artists whose songs get legitimately played because the access is there. Right. You can listen. 200 300 400 million people are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Tidal, you name it. Okay, all over the world. It's it's not hard anymore to get a million people to listen to you, but yes it is. Cuz the music's got to resonate. If the music doesn't resonate, yes, nobody's going to listen to it. Yeah. It's got to like touch people, you know? And but when a mu- when songs do touch people, I think what they do is they're too quick to dis, they're too quick to discount it as not real. What you're saying, right? But that's not always the case. There are artists out there, and I believe I am one, that deserve to be um, rewarded for writing or producing or presenting or whatever you want to call it, putting out there musical works that people liked, and they said, "Hey, I'm putting this in my playlist. I want to listen to it." and um, I'm just saying, man, there's, there's a there's an element still of control that you and I will never be able to correct. You know, they still have control. You know, the big three, I think two of them own Spotify. Now,
2: I
0: think, I think, Sony,
1: right. I think Sony and Warner Brothers mm-hmm. or Sony, one of the two, they own it. By like 80% of it.
0: Stockholders. So, <laughs> so who's,
1: so who's going to control the payouts? Mm hmm. How is that a fair play? That might as well be terrestrial radio anymore, bro.
2: Yep.
1: Spotify might as well be just like terrestrial radio. And listen, you want to get your stuff really, really worked on Spotify. There's only two ways to do it. Either you pay them to put ads on Spotify. That costs you $250 a month, okay? Or you have to do your own thing through, like, Facebook and Instagram and do ads. Or you try to get on these playlists and play these fake-ass playlist bookers and stuff. And in the moment, you stop paying them, your your, your streams just drop off the map you know they don't even exist anymore it's like god what a money grab man it's all a money grab yep. you know and people will do it just to stroke their ego bro you know just to just to you know you know be to do that but man if you can't hold out on more than a month um you know maybe you need to rethink what you're doing because you know it's it's not resonating now, if you're doing it just for you, because that's what you love to do, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that at all. I think that's a great thing. Everybody should be creative, and and do their artistry. Just don't, you know, set your expectations high, you know, if you're going to do that. I mean, Spotify is one of the biggest jokes in the world. Yet everybody believes that if they don't have Spotify, they can't make it. Man, there's so many, there's so many, uh, there's so many falsities. About Spotify that aren't true. Like you can go on one day, and go on your Spotify, and see you got seven hundred and fifty people in Los Angeles that they say are listening to your music. But I'll bet you ten bucks there was an artist that did this. He had like five thousand people. Say put him in a town. I don't know what which town it was, but they sent him there to do a show because they figured they'd clean up. You know he had like five thousand people listening in that place. Well, five people showed up for the show. <laughs> So they learned real quick that Spotify doesn't put asses in seats. Do you see what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. you know, man, I mean, it's hard to cut through what's real and what's fake anymore, Jesse. I mean, it really is. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't even know if what's real is real in the music business. Like, say you're hearing a song every hour on on uh, terrestrial radio, FM radio. You know damn right well they're paying a ton for that. There's no oh, money yeah. in that. There's no money in that. What I mean is the artist is they're paying millions of dollars to push that that song, man. Man, can you can you imagine what the bill is for those artists if they don't make any money on tour? They never get out of debt, right? Right,
0: yeah, because what they do is they do that that they look with an advance for where they get you and then you pay for the album and then you make your money back from the tours and the, everybody gets a cut. It's a business it's a cutthroat business it's something that people want to be a part of and then when they get a part of they realize oh my god this is this is not what i I just want to sing i just want to play and that's where the group of people that you get with you you need you need good people and let's face it when this business yeah it's hard to make money but when you get to the point where you can make that kind of money then it comes so fast and heavy that you can't keep up with it. And a lot of times that's what happens is, is like the bigger acts you act them, ask them. They're, they're like, Oh, I have all this money. Yeah. But I got to pay my manager. I got to pay the tour. I got to pay the band. I got to pay yep. all these different things. And then that's, here's my cut.
1: That's how it works for me. Everybody works for me. So, you know, I'm the only one that's really risking me and Amanda, the only ones that are always risking, you know, uh, my band works for me, they get paid. My manager grabs ten percent. My booking agent gets fifteen. So I only get seventy five percent of the gig, and then that seventy five, I pay my band. Mm-hmm. So um, the only good thing about my deal is is that I get to keep my merch, and with my manager, I negotiated the smart way where he only gets the ten percent of my net merch. So that's an advice I give to everybody: is that when you go into a negotiation, make sure the 10% across the board is fair for a manager. He earns, he earns it. He should get it. Yeah. Uh, just the only thing I'd say is on your merch, you, you, you ask them for 10% of the net because you have to pay costs on that merch
0: Yeah, and it's and not cheap.
1: A, no, it's not. So, but that's where we make our real money It's touring touring mm-hmm. and merchandise is where we make a good significant part of our uh, income, um, streaming. There's really not a lot of money in that. Um, the other part we make our money in is TV and film. Um, I've made a good living TV now, and film.
0: You so. mentioned that a little bit off air too. So tell somebody, because uh, I mean, I'm curious too, because I there's things out there that you can use, but how did you get your footing in TV and and sync and what do you do to kind of push well, yourself you, along?
1: Okay, so, so you can, listen, Google's a great friend mm-hmm. anymore. And if you'll Google sync agents and music libraries and things like that, my, my, what i do is is and it takes time listen if you're not willing to put in the work then don't do it okay because you're not going to get any reward but i've spent hours and hours upon a day loading my catalog into somebody's library into a sync agents box for them to review um and you can find these sync agents online and you can find submission links and you just submit your music okay man Keep submitting your music to all these places and do it in a uh, what they call a uh, uh, non-exclusive manner. It may cost you a little bit more in the the, the proceeds, but you'll get a chance to put your songs out over a wide, wide area. Uh, Now, there are some songs that I have exclusively in things, but that's because there was a deal for me that I felt like was going to be worth tying it up with that one person. Uh, but for the most part, I do non-exclusive. And man, I have spent weeks, uh, weeks loading my songs into these uh, these sync agents, submissions, portals. And, th- and that's how I got started. That's how I did it. And off of that, um, I got into uh, Showtime. The show was Shameless. Uh, and the song got in the show and it got picked up in another episode. That fed me for a while, man. That was a pretty good clip. I was in a Chevy commercial. I have a song that I published that was in a Chevy commercial. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. I have I own a publishing company. So, you know, if I hear something in a song I think might be one thing I gotta be careful about, I don't want to tie people's intellectual property up. If I think it's something that I've heard I've seen something come across my desk, like I get briefs all the time and say I'm looking for this. Now lately they have not been anything I can pitch for. I have had I don't know. I've had three, four dry months where they've been nineteen twenties, neoclassical, you know, all kinds of like crazy stuff that I don't do and and or I don't have. So you know, it is a waiting game, and it is a uh, it is a um, a lot of work, and you've got to keep up with it. You got to stay on top of it. Uh, but another thing is, is that you know, every writer should be in the MLC. That's the Mechanical Licensing Collective. If you you should have a Pro and you should have your catalog in the MLC okay because there's two different kinds of royalties that are collected so where we have the sync people collecting for the synchronization royalties the MLC collects for your mechanical royalties then the Pro collects for your performance royalties okay so you see there's three sales funnels there if you're not in all three sales funnels you're not doing your business you're not taking care of your business so you know. That's just, you know, I mean, that's just, you got, listen, I think I've told you this before. I'm fixing my collar here. I think I've told you this before. It's the music business mm-hmm. treated as such. You wouldn't open up a, you wouldn't open up a servant car service dealership and then not work on the cars to collect the money. Would you?
0: Right. See, you I had a, huh? Yeah, I was going to tell you, I had a uh, – because there's so many things out there. I had a lady uh that was for sync, and it was one of my songs. She was going to put it in a uh, – she wanted to put it in the TV show with Katie Segal. Uh She was like a lawyer, and I think it lasted one season to cancel the show. But they wanted like 60% of the, the take. I'm like, uh, no, that seemed a little high.
1: Well, okay. um, Most of my deals are 50-50. So 50-50 is the general – deal. I have a couple of them that are 60, 40, but they're on my side.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. 60, me 40, them. Um, If the 60 was you and the 40 was them, that wasn't a bad deal.
0: No, Um, 60 wasn't me.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. So they were, they were telling you that they wanted 60% because they were going to place it and they were going to take all the risk of, you know, the liability, they were going to pay for the whatever, but did they have any upfront money for you for the, Uh, for the, no,
0: no, they, they wanted, it was, they wasn't, they didn't have anything up front. They had, I can't even remember now cause it was over a year or so ago. Uh, but I know that they wanted um, the take to seem super high. And I was like, well, uh,
1: see see, if 60, 40 would be an okay deal. If they came with five grand up front.
0: Yeah. There wasn't no money up front for that. Okay, I know so that.
1: no, you got it. You gotta have, you gotta, you, you got you gotta, you gotta have the upfront money. I mean, there's a licensing fee for no. the master. Okay, and then there's the royalty fees. Okay, which you get from the PRO every time it's played and every time it's shown. Okay, so like, you know, if the licensing fee was, what were they getting sixty percent of? Because they don't get your PROs. So right. what were they getting sixty? Were they getting sixty percent of the, the budgeted license fee? Like, say it was five thousand. Probably 000, they were probably whatever the fee was. And they yeah. were going to keep three. Uh, you see, to that point, listen. At that point, it all becomes. It all becomes how, how much do you want your song out there? Sometimes
0: not that much. Cause I didn't do it.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, sometimes you got to remember that, um, if somebody's giving you that opportunity, think about it that, you know, Hey, I don't have any songs placed yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, maybe I have to, maybe I have to eat a little crow on the first one, but I, I get, but that. I know from there, huh?
0: As I get that, I get the, yeah. okay, get your foot in the door, you know, but from-
1: sometimes, sometimes, but if you didn't feel it was right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a heart matter. You gotta, you gotta be okay with it. You gotta be able to live with it.
0: Yeah. Well, so, well, I'm- you know, what, let's, let's listen to one of your songs. We've been talking so damn much. Let's hear some of your music. Let's get a couple songs in, uh, before we let you go, Chris, because this, this is what this is. It's, I mean, you would have teach class on this yet, man. You're, you're really you're informative. I'm, I'm, listening to you. I'm taking notes, you know, cause I want to, I want to learn stuff. Like I try like everybody else is a business and I'm, I'm one of the people that I just like to play. You know, I, I think self stuff take care of itself, but it doesn't, you got to take care of it. And so I like listening to it, but again, you promote music. Let's hear some of your music. Let's get something going. All right. I'm going to share the screen for you real quick. I can pull you up on Spotify since we've been talking about Spotify so much and you get your point zero zero
1: eight <laughs> yeah sure I surely have some I mean I got good stuff going on on Spotify I can't complain I you know I um,
0: what song would you like to do uh first
1: well I guess the song that's been winning all the awards is uh you're my blues so okay. I want to play that one first you're my blues number two.
0: Now, tell me a little story about this song.
1: Well, you're my blues was a song that came across my my uh computer one day a young fella Ori Schlesinger, who lives in Israel, was doing songs and writing songs and he happened I happened to strike up a, a really kind of out off and left field just conversation with him, and he gave me this song and he said, "You know man, I think I got something here i i what do you think and I said, "You know what, man?" I said, I think you do too, but this story's got to be rewritten. I've got, I, let me, I said, let me walk, let me work these lyrics. Let me take this and let's, let's walk it. And I said, let me write this story. I said, because I've been screaming to tell this story. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I've been screaming to find a way to say, I love you. Unlike any other person in the world in music history ever has. And I said, I just found it in this song. And he said to me, well, what's that? I said, you're my blues when the skies turn gray. You're the sun shining down on a cloudy day, like a rainbow dancing all across the dome. You're the sweet tea I'll be sipping on. He said, oh, my God. I said, yeah. I said, dude, I'm telling you, it's a home run. And it has been so far. So it's the most unique way I can find. I don't think anyone's ever done this. I can't find a song yet that has used sweet tea as a, the way of saying you're the most beautiful thing in the world and I love you. So that was that's the story. You're my blues, written for my Amanda May, of course, who is the sweet tea I'll be sipping on. All
0: uh, right, I'm gonna mute us. Uh, you know the deal, Caruso. Just let me know when you hear. It.
2: up when my heart was dust, cleaned up the mess, bandaged up my trust, you lit the way with fire in your eyes, and if the world stopped spinning around, the sky came crashing to Be armor over me. You're my blues when the skies turn grey. You're the sun shining down on a clouded day like a rainbow dancing all across the dome. You're the sweet teeth I've sifted up. So deep, stood on the edge and took a leap. You brought the suit. You're the sun shining down on a clouded day, like a rainbow dancing all across the dome. You're the sweet tea I be sipping on. When she speaks, I hear my favorite song. When she touches me, I feel. The heat she's like Four on the floor She don't miss her
0: easy listening you're right
1: yeah it's uh they kind of classify me now as yacht rock (laughs) you know back in the day you know they're they're kind of like when you listen to my manager says when he listens to my uh music he feels like he's floating on calm waters Mm -hmm. like just chilling out and i said well that's a good thing it's it's nice to be diverse i'm very diverse i mean i i can write a rocking song and i can write an easy listening song and pretty much everything in between and and I've kind of displayed that over the last few years. And I think that's what's gotten me the title or the moniker of a multi-genre artist now. You know, they, they kind of classify me as multi-genre because mm-hmm. I'll sing 21 Guns and a Million Tears in the same show that I'll sing you My Blues. And it's like it's such a dichotomy of you know, paper ships. My God, the song. Uh, if there's another song you're going to play, if you wanted to show my diversity as a writer and an artist, you should play paper ships as the second song okay on, from 308 ghost train because when you put these two songs together you're going to say oh my god who is this
2: guy
1: <laughs> he comes from two different worlds yeah i mean i come from many worlds that, and i i encourage artists i'm hoping to be a leader of not just teaching people how to conduct their business and, and take care of themselves business-wise but how to not be afraid to step out and be who you are, man. I mean, don't be afraid to to step away from one thing, and then go into another. Don't be afraid to do a rock rocking song like Paper Ships, and then come back and do a loving, creative, beautiful thing like You're My Blues. But yeah, and that, that would be the I, that would be the one thing I'd want to share with the Songbirds, the Georgia Songbirds, is that, hey, man let's get a little more diverse a little more multi-genre let's not be so pigeonholed. let's oh, yeah. not be the let's not be the country countdown let's be the music countdown let's be the independent music uh, countdown like uh, you're my blue sat on the top of the independent charts for five weeks um it was number one in Australia over at Banks it was number one at at Al Yardy's up at KB and it was number one if, with Phil up the road for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks uh and going into ICE, it was number one, which was really, really cool. But ultimately, it wasn't the song that shined for me this year. The song that shined for me was the 308 Ghost Train's last release of 2022, Paper Ships. Which, God, when they called my name for it, Jesse, I was like stunned. Because I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? I'm not ready for this. Like, I wasn't ready for this. I got to step back now into the old world. I thought we were pushing for but no sometimes there's still gold left in the mine that you dug before. You know you just got don't 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 let it go cuz it's still there.
2: Oh yeah. And, See I, and,
1: yeah and, and paper ships happen to be that for me.
0: I'm a bit and if, if anybody's listened to the show, they you you mentioned like multi-genre. If you've listened to the countdown or listened to Mitch Monday or in the my radio station, I can guarantee you that you're going to hear every style. Because when I started this, like I said before, I started this to network and get people from North Georgia because I knew the scene. I didn't know who would talk to me. I was like, okay, I'll I'll give it a try, see what happens. And then now look, three years later, maybe four years, wow, four years, almost four years later. Four years later, I'm talking to people from all over the world. We're listening to all kinds of different styles of music. And I put everybody into the countdown. And the way I do it, I make it as fair as possible. I give you the platform. I say, here you go. Share it with your fans. Share it with your family. Share it with whoever you want to. Let them vote we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about like about a competition and some people, they don't want to be part of it. And they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to vote. I don't think it's a competition. I'm like, that's fine. That's your choice. And I say it's, it's the countdown is not really a competition because everybody's going to get heard. It's more of an internal competition. I like to be challenged. Like when I listen to somebody else's song, I'm like, Ooh, that's a good line. I wish I wrote that. Let me go write a better song. I don't look at it like, okay, Anthony's a better writer, better singer. What I don't look at it that way. It's like, okay, he wrote this. Let me see if I can figure out a way to, to write a song. I had an interview with a gentleman named Anthony Mossberg out of Nashville. Great singer, songwriter, has a very deep voice, and he's very uh, dark, and it kind of fits my style. Very dark, just kind of heathen stuff. And uh, he was telling me how he tuned his guitar down. I like, well, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to tune my guitar down like C yeah. sharp C-sharp. I'm going to write a song. Yeah. And I think it's one of the best songs we ever wrote.
1: Drop D, drop oh. D's good for that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I, w-
0: I went to drop C sharp. <laughs>
1: there you go, drop C sharp, drop D. You can really, um, you can really grab that haunting, that haunting. Uh, that's just a trick we we've, we've been using for years to grab that that haunting feel. You know, it's a it's a good thing. But yeah, <laughs> you're right, man. I mean, listen, it's not about being better than each other. It's about challenging each other to keep moving forward. If I do something that actually makes you mad as a songwriter, that you didn't write it, I've actually mm. done my job.
0: Exactly.
1: That's my job. My job is to my job is to piss you off because you didn't write it so that you get your ass up in that damn chair with that yeah. guitar and you start writing something that you can <laughs> challenge me with. Listen, it happened for years with the Beatles and the Stones and the, the British Invasion and the mm-hmm. rock bands of the 60s and 70s. They all would listen to what the last guy and that pissed them off and they said, well, oh, I'm coming back with something else. And man, some of the greatest music in the world was made right. between the 60s and the 80s. I mean, some of the greatest. I mean, One Hit Wonders were great because somebody got pissed off, said, I got a song, I can write a song better than that. And they did. And some of them are, are, are so iconic and memorable today that they have influenced you and me, even in 2023. And they may have been out since 1971 or 1968. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's just it's just it. You know, it needs to piss you off in a good way, and right. and and I, and and actually, I still get pissed off when I hear a song on the radio, and and maybe I think they didn't put enough into the that like the lyrics a little predictable. Like mm-hmm. I say the next line, and it and and it is, and I'm like, oh man, you know what, man? Let me let me do something. Up. I I'm 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 gonna teach you a lesson, and that's what I do. And I go in and I write a song. Well, I will also do that. With an artist who I believe has done his best at a song he presented, but I think it can be done better. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is is that his way is perfect for him. And his way is perfect for what he put out for. But I think that man, he missed an opportunity to put some energy to a song. And that's why I redid Sleeping on a Black Top. Okay. That's why I redid Coulter Wall's song, was because I wanted to give it some balls. I just thought that there was such an opportunity there to really drive it through the roof but then I found the beauty in his laid-back Appalachia type of approach because there mm-hmm. was a lot of there was a lot of power in that also I just felt like it needed to be presented on both sides of the spectrum so I did it and it went over pretty well I mean you know uh I got a I got a uh email from Coulter's manager uh, saying that he liked it you know he liked it the way he liked that version now there's been several people cut it i'm not the only one but i felt like you know sometimes i'll hear a song man and i just gotta do it um that happened with even destruction with 308 ghost train when we were going through all that george floyd stuff and i said man i'm gonna rewrite this song i got with universal man i had to go through a bunch of crap with universal <laughs> i got barry mcguire on the phone the guy who originally did, he's like 87 years old, a couple years ago. We got on the phone. I said, look, back. I said, I want to do your song. I said, but I got to rewrite it to modernize the lyrics. He said, oh, hell yeah. He said, absolutely. He said, it's so much more worse today. We had such a great conversation. So I got a chance to write an adaptation of that song and put in things from the modern day and to deliver a powerful presentation on it. And, uh, man, listen, man, it satisfied my inner desire to say, I can do better on that song. You know, it might already be a song that's written. I said, I think I could do something better or I could do something more relevant, or I think I could do it with more energy. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be an original piece. No, I've done a couple I think I've only done two. I've recorded two covers. I think two covers sleeping on a blacktop and even destruction, but I was going to do I have a real jacked up version of brown eyed girl that's really rocking and and but I never released it and I have a um a 308 ghost train rock version a different drum um Linda Ronstadt and the stone ponies Mm -hmm. we rocked it up kind of like you know really really rocked it good and picked it up but I never released those but I didn't need to release those Jesse because I got it out of my system just rehearsing it you know Sometimes I have to follow through. Sometimes I don't, but if I don't piss you off, I ain't done my job.
0: Yep. See, and you talk about like covers. So everybody know, knows me. I'm not such a big fan of covers only because I know personally, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be as good as Prince or I'm not going to be, you know, I, I can't right. I'm gonna hit song. So there's a song like we did, Paul Abdul's version of straight up. And yeah. we, we talked about doing it back and forth uh, of actually releasing it with our new album. when We get it done. Uh, but we bluesed it. I mean, we turned it to, dark blues just fit because my voice it's i'm the one that's gonna sing it i gotta make it fit me and i'm not a a girl singing you know straight up i'm not mine is like it's just it's different and that's the stuff that i like
1: yeah and you and and if you can't and if you can't give it a spin then don't do it
0: right i'm never if
1: you can't if you can't give it if you can't give it a new direction don't bother it's not worth it
0: Right, because, I mean, I'm, I'm not a strong enough singer to get out there and belt a song like Chris Stapleton when he did Tennessee Whiskey that everybody, oh, Dennis, they, they associate that song with him, even though it's a David Allen Coe song. But he, if you listen, he took an eddie James' uh, I'd Rather Go Blind melody and put over it, and it was so yeah, but good.
1: It, what, what everybody doesn't know is that Dean Dylan wrote that song oh, yeah. in 1980, mm-hmm. and, and, and the first guy to ever sing it was George Jones.
0: look it's it's co david i looked up yeah george
1: jones george jones sang that song long time ago man that song chris stapleton revived the song this happens every once in a while you fool the public Mm -hmm. you show them a song and they think it's yours and it's new and it wasn't but they fooled the public and that you know and there you go again and chris stapleton did a great job on the song but that's dean dylan's song man that's 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 his tune he and that's 1980 man so Chris made it famous in 20, what, 16?
0: Mm, uh, Something like that. Years past Something me. Like yeah, because i, I looked,
1: 2016, yeah. 20. I mean, look, man, like like uh, 30, 36 years later, you know, yep. fold the whole world.
0: Yeah, see, there's a, a gentleman in Arkansas that came on the show. His name is Don uh, Don Fierce. And he did, uh, that's when I started digging into Dean Dillon. And I saw that he wrote that and, and uh, David Allen co cut it, George Jones cut it, and Chris Stapleton redid it. Um, but yeah, he's a hell of a songwriter. Himself, and that's he one wrote eighty
1: four. He wrote eighty four of George Strait's hits.
0: Oh yeah, I, I I would. That's one songwriter I would love to reach out and like, get a, a bigger name to come on a show sometime because he's such an amazing songwriter,
1: dude. Dude, he's the best. Like he's like number one when it comes mm. to country songwriting legends. He is the he's the Mac Daddy, as they say. You know, it's but it, nice guy, down to earth. I don't know about any any of us getting him to to do much of anything but uh worth a shot (laughs) nah yeah i mean it's always worth a shot you never know
0: him and dolly if i get dolly parton on the show i've said that before because she's influenced so many women and songwriters in general but she's just still
1: she's she's an unbelievable songwriter man she wrote one of the greatest songs too the one that whitney houston did Mm -hmm. i'll always love you it's one of the greatest love songs ever and whitney houston put it into a place that no one could ever take it away from. Like, even though Dolly had released it before, you know, Elvis wanted to do that song. And Colonel Tom tried to, you know, finagle a 50% royalty, songwriter royalty, and Dolly wasn't having it. She said, nah, I've already released it. It's already a hit. Why Why would I get, let Elvis do it and give him half the song? So uh, Elvis made a mistake not doing that song. That's, a, that's one time Elvis should have said, yeah, you keep the royalties. That song's going to sell a million copies for me, right, back in the day. But, um, yeah, Dolly is a – man, she is a great talent, dude. Unbelievable talented songwriter and woman. Her and Loretta Lynn, mm-hmm. probably two of the strongest, oh, you yeah. know, uh, of that time, you know. And, you know, but, you know, T- just saying –
0: I know she wrote when she Whitney did that and it took it off, I, but I, I actually heard that song the first time I ever heard I Will Always Love You was Dolly Parton in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas when she's sitting there singing it to Burt Reynolds. And I mean, just the look on his face as he's watching her. And I know it's all dubbed in and stuff, but I'm sure she played or She might have sang it there, but it was such a great... I not know the movie's goofy, but it was such a great moment to, to see. And I was like, that is such an amazing song. And then, yeah, Whitney just is Whitney Houston. She just... Get yeah, whatever. Yeah, she like was Chris probably, Apley.
1: she was, she, Whitney Houston was probably the greatest voice of her generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of her generation, she was, she was the greatest voice of her generation. Just there was, there was no one above her. No. You know, and I don't know that we've, I don't know that we've seen anyone yet that is above her as far as her range, as far as her control, as far as her pitch, as far as her ability to deliver. Mm hmm. Yeah, you'll never see. it. I don't think you'll ever see another Whitney Houston. I just don't. She's yeah. one of a kind. She's like Lennon and McCartney. They were two of a kind working on a full house, brother. You know what I mean?
0: Well, let's get your last song in here. Let's get. You said you want to do Paper Ships, right?
1: Well, yeah, only because I want to show the diversity of my sure. songwriting. You know, and and this is going to give you like, get ready because this is going to. You just listen to "You're My Blues" and you're like, oh man, we're. We're on calm waters. Get ready for a tidal wave and a hurricane at the same time now.
2: Someday, somewhere. Someday, somewhere. What you're riding on will determine if you make it to the show. Scratching the wall, holding on to your life, trying to win with a stall. Clueless, like the guy made a straw. Courage, like the lion from Oz. Yeah, heartless, like the tin man told. They walk a yellow brick road, this painful fool's gold. Sunday, Sunday.
0: of stuff with the beastie boys and the intergalactic kind of sound
1: yeah it's uh sure ain't no sweet tea you're sipping on though is it
0: <laughs> no nope. it's, uh,
1: it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty punchy in the face you know and it's it's a message that's modern you know it's about it's about all this snowflake stuff that goes on man you know you know it's just about you know paper ships you know either it's like you, your life your life is about what you build your foundation on and if you ride in a paper ship, man, you're gonna sink, but if you make your if you make your ship out of wood or metal, you're probably going to make it to the shore, you know what I mean, but man they's got a lot of they just got a lot of things going on in this world that are just man, I don't know there's a lot of loss of backbone in life anymore, you know just the the vertebrae has just been stripped from the human body man and and there are just people out there that you know I don't know man, I don't know why. what happened to the days when we just stood up man for what was right right you know just right you know and and so that's what that's what paper ships is about man it's about it's about man you know just be real man quit trying to change things because you don't like the way things are going in your life man Boo hoo, man we all had tough lives we all went through it man We've all we've all been bullied. We've all been in a place where we were smaller than somebody else, and then we grew up and got bigger. And how we handled that determined on what our character was. You know, we 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 you know are, should be able to have a, a peaceful debate, man, about things and be on opposite sides yet still be human beings with each other, man. You know, it's just the divisiveness of this country. That's what threw me into paper ships. That was a that was a really like man. Just I was just sick and tired of it. Sick and See, tired of hearing it.
0: That's the thing with songwriting which, which you you just showed your diversity for but songwriters you write what you feel. And for punk music that's that's kind of what it, it's against the establishment. Look at Rage Against the Machines. Kind of against the uh, establishment kind of music, right?
1: Somebody yeah. said it somebody said it was kind of like them too. Somebody said it's kind of had elements of them, the rage against Probably the, the machines bass, that, the little bass riffs in it. That, yeah, that, it yeah. yeah, that riff thing and some people said that you know, it was really kind of like a rap rock type of thing and i said well i don't know man it's just the way it came out i just it's the way it really emoted like i there's a lot of emotion in the delivery like you said it was all emotion and it came out the way it was supposed to come out and that's the beautiful thing about writing a song Mm -hmm. is that you know when it comes out the way it's supposed to come out man you don't really have to do much to it just put a dress on it and send it out
0: you know I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you hear something at the end after off air or of something I wrote for that. I'm going to show you what I was talking about earlier. Okay. Um, yeah. But the, the, the punk stuff and that's integral. I listen to all kinds of music and that's just kind of what, what, that's why I tell everybody when you come on a show, I have no, no problems. If you're just starting out or like yourself, you've been doing it for a while, you know, you got 50 million streams or you got five. I don't care. You come on a show, you talk music, you learn, you listen, you have a good time. And that's what it's about. It's about telling your story, and everybody's story, as similar as it is, it's different. Right. And, everybody's and we, path.
1: Everybody's path is different too. Right. Now, everybody, everybody's everybody's journey's different. You know, don't don't try to don't try don't try to mask your journey against somebody else because it never works. Like, just do your own thing. Be do you. You mm-hmm. do you. I do me. You know, and that's it. That's the way we. That's the way we make a beautiful musical world.
0: Right. And, and it should be that way. I mean, I, I tell people, like you mentioned, you have, you're multi genre I always call myself muck music because it's such a mixture of stuff. That's just, and that's how I am on my personality. And that's how I'm on my music. and That's how I'm listening to my music. That's why when I sit there, I listen to yours and I can appreciate you going from yacht rock to the punk rock. It's still music and you're yeah when you go to a show if you're going to a church you may not want to do the punk music stuff but if you're playing at and if you're playing again at a bar with a punk bar you may not want to bring out the easy listening stuff but you never know and you're blending people and i've said this before on a podcast music is one thing that will bring people together it doesn't matter your your race your religion it doesn't matter because you have ears everybody has ears they can hear you know and if you're deaf you feel the vibrations it's still music you can feel yeah. it that's one of the things beautiful about it
1: i remember paper ship some something else that started me off on that was kid rock <laughs> kid rock came out with a song and i said "Ah, uh, i said i'm gonna answer that i'm gonna do this it was it was about you know uh, fuck uh, you ain't gonna tell me how to fucking live or something like that it was mm-hmm. with a band from canada and I said, "Oh, I said I'm digging what this is. I said I'm digging what the message is. I said let me go. That's that's what kind of inspired me, to, not be so afraid to challenge, the cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Was that I didn't give a fuck, and that I was gonna say my piece of my mind just like Kid Rock did. And I think that and I forgot to mention that that was what somebody else said. This yeah, man, got a little Kid Rock in it. I said, well, it, it had a little Kid Rock because." Kid Rock kind of inspired me to carry, continue what he was doing. He was trying to, he was trying to say, you ain't going to tell me how to live. Right. You know what I mean? I'm telling you better, I'm telling you better, you better get your shit together because you're going to drown in an ocean. If you don't, you ain't making it to the shore. So I kind of like took the message and took it to a different level. You know what I mean? different, a different ending, a different place. Yeah. That, kid- was, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty, um, it was pretty, uh, uh, prevalent in what I was doing during
0: that time. Yeah, Kid Rock, his his style came out was different. It was new. I mean, you had people like Run DMC, and you had people like uh, who are some, it was some? There's it's funny. I had a I had a gentleman here, like Kenny Owens, who is a country as he can be, and we did an interview. And he, but in the '80s, he was part of a rap band. He was a drummer. He was the drummer for the rap band when they used live instruments, and he went on tour like Ice T, and he was signed with Interscope Records but he was blasting his, you know, George Jones and listening to country music. And they did that kind of style. It was hardcore was the name of the band, but it kid rock just made it new, made it relevant. Yeah. He he brought Mm -hmm. it in there. His own style. He brought a little country swag to it and he made it right in your face. And that's why people loved it.
1: Okay, man. Sounds good. I got to get, I got to get running. Is there any way you can, uh, any way you can send me that song to listen to?
0: uh I, yeah i'll send you the uh um, this
1: rent this ran, this ran over a little bit it yeah, ran, I, over, yeah. I always can do <laughs> you, it's okay it ran over a little bit i'm like i'm like i'm 10 minutes from something else i gotta Perfect. finish tonight that's, before that's I fine
0: go. just tell everybody where they can find yet uh go okay them, so, you go.
1: so so you can find me you can find me on spotify under a caruso or if you want to listen to the 308 Ghost Train, it's out there, too. But the best way to do it is go to the playlist and put in This Is Caruso. And when you pull up This Is Caruso playlist, it has all the songs on it, from the from the rock band to the easy listening to even the Christian contemporary. is all be put in there so you can enjoy the whole artistry or, you know, uh, the whole basket of, of songs in one place and you don't have to go searching for it. So that's the easiest way to listen to everything. Of course, iTunes, if you're on Apple Music, I'm everywhere music is. Um, but uh, uh, that's the easiest way to listen to all the all the songs in the, and the diversity of all the songs.
0: All right. Everybody, this was Georgia Songbirds. We were talking with Mr. Caruso once again. Uh, no hurricane, so uh, we got through it without any power failures. Thank you, brother.
1: Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. See ya. See ya.